Welcome back to Cabin Minute Cast. The scenario has been chosen. The ritual has begun. We are ready to appease the old gods one minute at a time. I am still Heidi Bennett of <laughs> HeidiBennett.com. <laughs> and I'm Molly Balin of LittleRedMark.com. And today we welcome back the librarianess extraordinaire, Miss Jenny Law. Welcome back, Jenny. Hello. Hello. <laughs> I appreciate your straightforward greeting. <laughs> Greetings, Earthling. <laughs> well, cool. Um, in today's episode, we are covering minute 26 of the movie The Cabin in the Woods. And in this minute, we are going to get wild with truth or dare. True. That is true. <laughs> I dare say. I don't think we can dare each other on a podcast. Like, how would we know that the person actually followed through? Right. Right. Yeah. How do you and, get verification? And I'm already nude, so. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're going to talk about that a little later on. Uh, I can't wait. I can't wait. <laughs> so well, this is a continuation of a scene from last minute where Marty had misidentified the creature on the wall. And so they are correcting him that it's actually a wolf. And I did a little bit, well, I mean, I really mean a little bit. I did not go. I'm sure there's books written on this, but I was kind of curious what people traditionally view this the wolf as a symbol. Like, what does a wolf symbolize? And so the things that I found commonly were a deep connection with instincts, uh, an appetite for freedom, sharp intelligence, and then on, on kind of the negative level, sometimes feeling threatened or lack of trust in someone or yourself. And so... I think it's kind of interesting that the wolf is, well, one, it's decapitated on the wall. So I think there's a lot of ways that you can view, you know, the big bad wolf, which there's a reference to in this scene. That wolf has been vanquished and now is a trophy on the wall. But it's also interesting that, you know, we keep talking about them ignoring instincts. And I think it's kind of interesting, too, that the wolf represents deep instincts. And, and that has been, I think, metaphorically killed and put up on a wall here as well. So kind of curious with you guys if you guys have any associations to a wolf or if you have i don't know if you guys are dog people well i know heidi's a dog person but if you guys had any sense of feeling about what that symbolizes i um i honestly hadn't thought about it in those terms at all it's it's very fascinating to hear that and i think that all of that makes sense like when i think about reading about wolves and how i've seen them portrayed I just kept thinking about this horrible Halloween werewolf Halloween mask um, that my dad had when I was a kid. And I was convinced that when someone put the mask on, they actually became a werewolf. And then when I put it on, it just smelled really bad. <laughs> and I was confused by the whole thing. Yeah. So anyway, that's my deep seated association with it. Um, so yeah, that's the only thing I could really think of every time I see it, that, and it's got a, like an articulated tongue mm -hmm. or like a loose tongue. So she actually does French kiss it. And I don't, I don't think that's standard on taxidermy. Is it? Well, I yeah. think, you're pretty, yeah, I, well, Heidi, I think you did a little bit of taxidermy research. Yes. I did do a little taxidermy research, um, not specific to the tongue movement, but I actually do have a friend who collects vintage taxidermy. And so I could certainly ask her that. 
uh, about that and then get back, you know, maybe on another episode. Because to me, it, it looked like it, I mean, yeah, articulated would be like a stretch to me. I felt like yeah. it was just pliable. Pliable would yeah. be more what I would think. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I, when you were talking about the wolf, Molly, it made me think of one of one of those comedies that I kind of like always enjoy if it comes up on TV. I've definitely watched it a few times, which is Blades of Glory. Hmm. And oh, um, Will Ferrell's about. Yeah, yeah. character Chaz Michael Michaels. Yes, I see. <laughs> he has a lone wolf tattoo, and he's always like, "I'm a lone wolf," you know. Here, I, this is my lone wolf tattoo. And then, as he and uh, Jimmy McElroy, played by John Heater, as they bond later on, he gets a, a tattoo of his character like next to him. His wolf or something so he's like now the lone wolf is now we're both two lone you know, like instead of saying now we're a pack you know so he's always <laughs> like now we're a couple of lone wolves or something like that so that's that's what it made me think of i i'm paraphrasing the the exact thing but it was something to that effect and so. i'm so sorry i inserted the the like tongue action into the wrong minute oh, no problem <laughs> We're getting there, girl. Okay. Don't worry. <laughs> How dare you put a tongue where it doesn't belong? <laughs> but yeah, um, on well, on the subject of the wolf, and then I'm happy to talk a little bit about what something interesting taxidermy-wise that I found. But was that when the guys say, Marty says, whatever that mysterious beast is, and then Curtin Holden almost simultaneously say that's a wolf that's clearly a wolf is what i heard and when i heard one say wolf and the other one say woof it really reminded me how much that happens and in fact the um, podcast network earwolf there were there are certain podcasters on that network that when they'd say earwolf they'd always say earwolf always gave me a giggle and then my my husband who has a mighty mighty beard and mustache and he's quite a quite a sight to behold he uh <laughs> he and I were visiting a friend of mine a few years back when his son was um I don't know maybe three or four or so and before we walked into the house to uh, meet his son for I believe the first time or uh, the first time when he was a little bit more somebody that we could talk to <laughs> uh, <laughs> and that would remember us you know it wasn't a baby uh, my friend he said, uh, oh, oh, Brian, uh, to my husband, you know, when when you walk in, my husband will pr or my son will probably refer to you as Wolfman <laughs> because he really likes the Wolfman. And when he sees uh, men with with big beards and mustaches, he just automatically <laughs> thinks they're Wolfmen. And sure enough, when we walked in, his son just walked by and very casually lifted up his, you know, hand like to say hello and said, hey, Wolfman. <laughs> I love the politeness of that. <laughs> yeah, it was super, super cute. And it just it's like it's in our it's in our lives now. Like my husband has a jacket with some patches on it and he got he got a patch that just says Wolfman on it. So. Um, there was a, a an incident that I had where I was at a gaming store in Virginia. Like I was looking at the board games and this like comic and boards 
comic and board game store. And mm-hmm. a woman behind the counter started talking to me about wolves and the what? the majesty of the wolves. And then <laughs> and then my dad engaged and I was like trying to get him out of the store. But yeah, I, that's the first time I'd ever heard someone say wolf or wolves, hmm. you know, but everyone's got their own, you know, their own bliss to chase, you know, so mm-hmm. wolves, woofs, you know, there's room for it all, right? <laughs> totally. totally totally yeah <laughs> um do you guys like do you guys dig the werewolf as a you know as a horror creature like where are you at with that i think when it's done well on the screen it can be really amazing but then you have things like wolf with jack nicholson mm-hmm. and the first time you see a werewolf at but in buffy and they're horrible like they're just <laughs> horrible and the one in Cabin in the Woods, I think, is on that line. You know, like, mm-hmm. they, I think they knew enough not to shoot too much footage of it up close. <laughs> <laughs> I always thought the werewolf was, like, a really shitty horror character. Because I'm like, who would ever want to be a werewolf, you know? Because I feel like when you see some of these creatures, you kind of be like, oh, if I was an evil, demented creature, what creature would I be? And that's a valid question for both of you, by the way. And I always thought werewolf would never be on my list, but I had a dream once where I actually turned into a werewolf and I was like Mm. huge and fierce and I fucked up a village and I was like, oh my God, I was so wrong. This is awesome. (laughs) I I totally changed my perception. (laughs) I think the wolf man or the werewolf is kind of the Batman of the monsters, right? Where it's like this tortured duty, this tortured thing, but it's not really... They're like what they expected their path to be kind of thing. Yeah, it's not a choice usually. I don't, th- I mean, I, I, yeah. I will hold my hand up here and say I'm definitely not an expert in were- werewolves, more of werewolves. But <laughs> that when I think, yeah, when I think of them, I think of them as, as having not chosen it. And it, it's it's just a something to bear, yeah. you know, and, yeah. and, and deal with like, like uh, American Werewolf in London, or um, you know, in the Harry Potter mm-hmm. yeah. books, there's um, it's an, a result yeah. of an infection, essentially. Whereas you have the other side of that with vampires, you you know, depending on what lore you read or look at, you know, it's an infection as well, but it's like the sexy infection, you know, <laughs> right. <laughs> Speaking of vampires and wolves and sexy infections, <laughs> uh, in Bram Stoker's Dracula, does he, does Dracula, doesn't he show up as a wolf at a certain point too, doesn't he? Mm-hmm. For kind yeah. of some sexy, yeah. crazy werewolf sex? Mm-hmm. Or well, Yeah, there is some. Oh, but he's not a werewolf. He's a vampire in right. wolf form. <laughs> if we were to be clear here yes yes. so it's just straight up bestiality it's not (laughs) i think we have the title of this show (laughs) so but uh, going back to i think molly you asked what what crazy demented or crazy demented creature we would be Mm-hmm. Yep. What can ha- has the wherewithal and ability to still read? To still read? Yeah. Like, well, if you're a vampire, you can still read. Okay, I'm going to be a vampire. 
Okay. <laughs> if I yeah. have, because I that's... mean, if you're Fornicus, I think if you're Fornicus, I think you could. Oh still no, read. I think that is really <laughs> that is really giving him a lot of hope. There's no reading going on for that man or that being. There's a lot of him fondling his puzzle box, a lot of him sharpening his head blades. No reading. <laughs> All right, so you're choosing vampire, a vampire cause for I could, your... I could read for eternity. Read. I would live off pig's blood or whatever kind of rat I had to eat because I'm not going to eat humans, but I'm going to be reading for the whole damn length of time. So Heidi? Heidi? And hopefully you, hopefully you don't... Oh, just that when you said that, it reminded me of that uh, Twilight Zone. Oh, dude, the... that guy was stupid. Okay, so... <laughs> <clears throat> because he got all freaked out right at the end. But this, the key is all the buildings and all people's shit is still everywhere. You go house to house until you find a pair of glasses that fucking fit your prescription. Oh, yeah. Simple. Very simple solution. See? Yeah, yeah. Solved. I could live in that reality. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Sorry. <laughs> No, that's great. No. I love that you had an answer for that. No, right I just away. feel like I was super um, judgy just now to, was it, it was Milton Burl, right? I believe so. Yeah. I believe uh, so. Or Milton. Somebody. <laughs> some old dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So what's the question exactly, Molly? Can you repeat it? So if you were to be any type of horror creature, what would you be? Yeah, I guess. I mean... I like the idea of a vampire because there's, I mean, if it's because if you can fly and if you can live forever, you can find blood sources that aren't humans. You know, like I said, I like to watch um, Preacher and one of the lead characters in that is a, is a vampire and he kind of finds his way to, you know, find blood where he can without without human so yeah without giving it a ton of thought i mean I, there's definitely a lot of appeal to being you know forever at the age i am now rather than aging and all that stuff so there is something something about it that's appealing for sure how about you molly hmm i like the idea of being a witch i don't oh yeah i'm, you know I'm changing i'm, I'm changing <laughs> is this whole experience good we're gonna all end up in like our own little witchy coven yeah. around a, our own cauldron can you have a coven like through through like a podcast can you just cast spells sure. <laughs> uh, like auditorily and that's it i like I'm that trying. i think we i mean does the doesn't the word have power i mean is that that's not, true you know if we I'm each have our own cauldron Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> yeah you have to bring it's your what byoc bring your own cauldron. oh yeah yeah so no i fit, i'm sorry to cut you off but i totally switched to witch i completely forgot about witches which is <laughs> so weird because like i am down for anything with witches like witches are my favorite mm -hmm. but i like to be able to read so that was the yeah anyway switch to witch so molly and i are now witches and heidi you're a vampire <laughs> <laughs> okay we'll still all hang out it's okay i just think that awesome. like vampires might be i think it might be a little gross to be a vampire you know yeah i just like i just having to deal with the constant hunger you know i mean it's sexy don't get me wrong it's a totally it's a sexy creature for sure no and i <laughs> <laughs> thanks a lot <laughs> you can Kiss your sex appeal goodbye, Heidi. That's it. Oh, oh my God. God. 
really thought I had you on my side. Now you just turned on me. Turned on a dime. <laughs> okay, sexy witches. So because <laughs> like you can you can cast spells and you know maybe you can bring some people back from the dead and i know that kind of it's a little you know willow had some problems but i don't really subscribe to the you know magic is addiction philosophy oh forget about all that i just want to dance naked and scream hecate a bunch and um and read and then have some nice clothes that are like black and singed by my cauldron fire Mm -hmm. I love legit that. legit but there's powers too yeah. like there's pretty much can do whatever are you mad <laughs> the powers i spend my time giggling and doing weird shit <laughs> pretty much like i do now but i just have to like make it myself with my hands <laughs> but that i mean crafting so but it's crafty too you yeah. can craft shit can go out to the woods you could stack rocks whatever you know whatever floats your boat you can do that <laughs> i think i'd probably be the first witch in recorded history that had heavy usage of googly eyes though <laughs> <laughs> see that's kind of creepy because now i'm thinking like a whole like hut full of them they're all looking at you <laughs> oh, that's like an idea that's the idea of paradise right anyway <laughs> A googly eye covered hut. Actually, no. When googly eyes are in mass, they're real. They're real kind of gross. <laughs> oh my god! It's a googly eyes. All right. Mm -hmm. So back to this minute, mm -hmm. if I dare, yes, of <laughs> um, if I can steer us back. Speaking of the giggles, so the kids kind of giggle here because Marty says, "I'm living in a womb of reefer. Leave me alone." And then. Uh, he dares Jules to make out with that wolf. Did you say wolf? <laughs> I said wolf. <laughs> and now, uh, yeah, now okay. we get Jules swigging so, her beer and here she goes. So then we get, as I've indicated, as I've gotten older, I'm much more of a killjoy, crotchety, feminist type lady. And... I know it's a mark of the genre to have uh, like full body scans of like sexy women and, you know, to really focus on the female form, but it's still just as I get older, stuff like this, I'm like, really, did we have to, do we have to do that? Really? And so <laughs> that was, but I do have a question because sometimes I think I get so far in my own head, like I, f I don't really understand things that people do. So what's the deal with anklets? Like, why would you want that on you? Like, isn't that just a constant, like, irritant? She's got an mm. anklet on. But anyway. Right. <laughs> no, it's a good question. So before we get into that, I just wanted to mention that when she says no problem, takes her little swig, she does a full on what I think of as like a Riker, like a William Riker move. Oh, yeah. Whereas she, instead of instead of walking around the couch, she gets up and leaps over the couch. And uh, that just reminded me of Riker and that he, you know, instead of sitting in a chair, now I know and know to look out on Star Trek Next Generation episodes that he's always stepping his one entire leg over the back of every chair before he sits in it. What do you call a group of one or more Rikers? <laughs> what? A beard. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> <laughs> 
So you're kind of blowing my mind right now with like Riker because I never caught that. Oh, really? Oh, my God. Leg out, balls dangle. (laughs) (laughs) YouTube it, Molly. Like it's it's something, you know, how there's tons of YouTube compilations of stuff, you know, from Star Trek. PNG especially, but the Riker, I don't know what you call it, the leg swing. But the is straddle, like... yeah. The hover and the straddle, yes. But I never like the, you know, I'm going to toss my balls over the side before I sit down. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Really? Oh, yeah. Damn. It's there. Wow. Yeah. Okay. You've really recontextualized a lot for me in this moment. <laughs> it's extremely special in the first like two seasons where they have the real skin tight uniforms. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. But yeah, as far as anklets go, I don't, <laughs> I never really was into those. I don't recall ever wanting to wear one. I mean, they're fancy. Or... I get that they're fancy, yeah. but I just don't, I don't know. Like, how do you walk around? I fucking love an anklet. <laughs> I'm serious. I do. I absolutely do. I'm like, <laughs> All right. I love the jingle. I think it's sexy because it's, you know, there's this mindfulness of your feet, okay. you know, or that mm. area. So I find it to be kind of a sensual thing, okay. which is why I was thinking why they did it. Because it's kind of, I mean, I know there are people who have like foot, and I don't have a foot fetish per se, but I find it to be... You know, I've got this, I think it's for like a Reese dance or for belly dancing. They have those little like anklets that have the little noisemakers on them. Mm-hmm. The little like, so I have one of those and I always felt pretty like sensual wearing it because like, cool. you know, I, that's what I was thinking it was from. So yeah, you're right. I can totally see though, as somebody who's kind of like, ah, oh, there's something on my leg. It keeps <laughs> making noise. It keeps like brushing up against stuff. So I can totally get that. But I just happen to have like a, ooh, it's kind of sexy kind of a reaction to it. And that's that's great. Like I think uh, like <laughs> I think for me, I think not only would I be distracted by it like a monkey with a shiny object, but I also would be <laughs> very much like, why'd I make my leg all fancy? Like I would just keep looking at it. <laughs> but I I think that that's it's really cool to hear you explain like your experience with that. Um, mm-hmm. I think maybe I just I don't know. I I think it's just not for me is what we're learning. (laughs) (laughs) So let's see. Men's bodies. Franz Kranz's body. (laughs) Bradley Whitford's pelvis thrusts. I'm really glad that we know that because if we were going to like send you something as a thank you, you know, like sending you an anklet would be the wrong gift to send. So that's really, I'm glad we've got that like settled. I'll send it back to you. (laughs) (laughs) But I'll put googly eyes on it first. That's awesome. (laughs) Well, my, I don't have a ton of thoughts about the, the, you know, the shot here that you're talking about with going up the legs. I, I, I find it very tame. I think of classic thrash uh what do you call them thrasher yeah what i'm trying to say slasher (laughs) classic slasher flicks and horror flicks where we're used to having this the sexy girl that's going to get killed first or the the couple that has sex first are supposed to be the ones that die first and all that kind of stuff and and i think of without a specific example in mind i think of um those as being like a little trashier looking and i think you know, like her shorts are quite short, but they're not like going up her butt, you know, like they're not, 
there like she just to me it's just like oh here's a pretty person with a pretty figure like it doesn't it doesn't trigger me into grossness like I think she's still dressed fairly mildly. It's not like she's leaning over and her, you know, ample bosom is up in somebody's, you know, face or anything. Like, I don't know. Just it doesn't doesn't trigger those kind of responses for me. I think that I agree with you that it's it's fairly tame. It's, you know, it's actually kind of almost chaste comparatively. (laughs) It's just, I think, at a point where I just feel like, I've seen this pan up of a woman's body just so many times. And, you know, I've only seen it once with a man, which was Thranduil. I think I'm saying it right. Lee Pace's character Mm. in The Hobbit. And they start at the tip of his toe and scan up his body like he's a pretty lady. And I, I just, I think it's such a strange thing to have again and again and again. I mean, not strange, it's the male gaze, but... And this is a tame version of it, but I just get a little overloaded sometimes on that that kind of thing. Yeah, that's funny that you mentioned the the Hobbit character because then it also reminded me. So the movie I did, the movies by minutes film I covered before this one with Molly, uh, I did with a, a my friend Sean, and we covered this is Spinal Tap, and there's some mm. great <laughs> shots that they do with the guys. So we're really we get a lot of female gaze or you know gazing upon men in very objective ways. Uh, objectification type ways because of you know the armadillos in their trousers and the sexy <laughs> tight spandex that they're wearing and there's actually a lot of shots you know from crotch level up and then crotch level down like mm-hmm. they play they play around with that a lot in that movie and it, it's I mean it's all done for comedy but it was definitely something that we noticed you know like oh yeah we don't get this too often and it's it's pretty fun mm-hmm yeah. I mean, if we're going to look at some pretty people, let's look at all of them. Let's get let's pan up and down all these hot yeah. people. Yeah. <laughs> we And we got a little bit of that with Holden yeah. earlier um, mm-hmm. through the mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. was was enjoyable. Molly and I sat here and enjoyed watching it. <laughs> <laughs> you just sat back, popped open a Franz Kranz and enjoyed yourself. So I think. This is kind of a meta moment because it is a gratuitous ass shot, really. So you have the the feet and then, you know, it pans up and there's that little swivel of the hips there. And so, yeah, it's that classic male gaze or for folks who just like an ass shot, we're having it again. But at the same time, there is that level of exhaustion that I think you're saying of we know on both ends of it that it's one for everyone's entertainment, but also it's supposed to be used as an example of this is what we're all used to seeing over and over and over again, but we're still having to see it over and over and over again. Yeah. And and it, yeah, there's a certain amount of fatigue just from seeing it. So I get that totally. I just, it just crossed my mind too. And I, I don't know the stats, you know, shot for shot, but just reminded me also of another movie that I ro- watched again recently and, and, uh, enjoyed even more on a second viewing which was American Hustle Mm. and there's quite a bit of you know sensuality and and playing around with what is you know sexy (laughs) in that movie but there's some lovely you know women and handsome men well (laughs) I'm saying that you know Christian Bale's character (laughs) crazy in this but Anyways, I was just thinking like, oh my gosh, 
there's uh there's a lot that they play around with with just um costuming and um the way that people are shot and uh, a, a dance dance slash bathrooms sex scene um at like a studio 54 or a place kind of like that and and you do i think you get i may be wrong but i feel like you get kind of equal equal gaze if you will in mm. that in that movie but honestly like amy's boobs staying mm-hmm. like i just expect them to fall out at any moment like i i just i don't know how they engineered that <laughs> lots get, of like lots of tape lots of tape i'm very impressed by that as almost as much as any like sci-fi fx i've seen in any movie that that they just they stayed where they needed to stay yeah yep so let's see as we move along here we get a little acting by, you know, the character of Jules here. She's introducing herself flirtatiously with the wolf. And that's what's happening here just towards the end of uh, this minute. Is there anything that anyone would like to comment on? Whether she's touching her hair, she's kind of having a, a two-way conversation that she's carrying, you know, oh my God, that's so sweet of you to say, who me? You know, and it's like really flirting it up with the wolf and and that's that's where we end things so any any comments on this part um this reminds me every time i see it it reminds me of mulholland drive when naomi yeah when naomi watts goes in for the audition and she does that very quiet scene very intense scene and that just it always reminds me jules and the wolf when she goes and introduces herself always reminds me of that because I don't I don't think it's expected. Like the way she plays with the wolf is not it it just isn't expected and it c- turns into almost like a real moment. Like you're witnessing a real moment between her and the wolf that I think it she plays plays it off pretty well. Yeah, I do too. We actually get to be the wolf for part of it. Like she's staring right right at us. And yeah, and 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 one thing I was thinking about when I was watching this last night was I was thinking, yeah, even though she's transitioning into kind of a slightly ditzy, ditzy-ish, I mean, I, not really, but a little bit more goofy, sexy, goofy transition, she still seems quite grounded and smart and knows what she's doing. And so, yeah, she's not going, ah, oh, yeah, let me go kiss the wolf. You know, like she just drops into a improv scene Mm -hmm. yeah it's actually quite creative and somewhat brave to do that in front of everyone i agree cool so are we feeling like there's anything else that we want to say about this particular minute before we wrap up um i have a question Sure. okay so what is your favorite creature that we do get to see you know i'm gonna say that until we get so i haven't gone and watched like the whole movie a whole bunch before this you know i'm kind of taking it minute by minute so i don't have like a fresh view in my head of all the all the different ones i can tell you that i not really i do have a bit of a fear of clowns so i definitely do not like that fucking clown (laughs) that is the part (laughs) you know uh (laughs) i also uh mentioned in an earlier minute that one of the creepiest parts to me is when the harbinger is just talking and spitting and has all that gross spit spittle around his mouth 
but I don't, mm-hmm. you know, I, I do really like the bat, uh, the big super mm-hmm. creepy bat. Uh, but I can't think, like, I'd love to, you know, later on when we really are seeing all of these creatures and slowing, you know, I'll be slowing down and viewing things at super slow speeds and stuff to, I'm sure I'll have other answers. But right at the moment, that those are the things I have to say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> How about you, Molly? Um, there are, I believe it's three people. Um, they're in business suits and they are wearing these white masks. Oh, that- yeah. You know, they mm. almost look China doll-like, and they have briefcases, and then they just kind of experiment on people. And those are the, the creepiest to me. Those are creepy. My favorite is the Sugar Plum Fairy, oh. the ballerina oh, yeah. with the the, mouth, the face mm-hmm. of teeth. Yeah. She's scary. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she is. And she moves very ripped. Her movements are very reptilian, mm-hmm. but also balletic, and I find that really mm-hmm. interesting. Yeah, we follow um, somebody on Instagram. I can't think of her name right now, but I can find her and share that information later. She's uh, somebody who does cosplay and she really, she, uh, I found her on Instagram because she, that's one of the things she cosplays as, is that Sugar Plum Fairy and she does a really great job and it's super cool to check out. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, cool. Yeah, good question. And um, that's something great we can uh, have everybody talk with us about, too, out on the old Twitters and the Instagrams and um, in the Gabin in the Woods Facebook group. So feel free to join us at the Gabin in the Woods Facebook group if you want to talk about what your favorite creature is. And you can find us on uh, on Twitter and Instagram. It's simply Cabin Minute cast and that's also our website is cabinminutecast.com so we'd like to thank you for listening to episode 26 today and join us again for friday uh, for more wolf makeout fun sweet and we will see you back at the cabin <laughs> <laughs>